name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, who came in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praise belongs forever. And I bear witness in his messenger, Messiah, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I bear witness in their divine reminder, warner, and servant in our midst, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I greet you in the greeting words of our original language. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, on behalf of the Nation of Islam, on behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, welcome, welcome, welcome to Mosque Mariam. It has been over a year, yes. It has been over a year since we have been blessed to be able to be together. We thank Almighty God Allah for the opportunity to see each other. We thank Allah for the opportunity to hear each other. We thank Allah for the opportunity to be in this space, in this place, at this time. Our world is suffering, it's turmoil, chaos, and death. But in the midst of this darkness, Allah is present, and he has given to us divine guidance and a divine light in the person of a man, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who warned us in advance of what was to come and is warning us still of what is to come, which lets us know that if we follow what he says, walk in his footsteps, and just obey, we can avoid every pitfall, every machination, every trap that is set for the righteous. So as the Bible says, we are blessed and highly favored that God would intervene in our affairs and give us the precious gift the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. All praises due to Allah. Brothers and sisters, coming to the podium out of our student ministry class here in Chicago, Brother Jair Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, who appeared to us in the person of Master Far Muhammad, and I bear witness that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad is, in fact, his messenger Messiah, and I bear witness that the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan is their divine reminder, servant, and warner among us today. It is in their names that I would like to greet you all, the people of God, with the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to first start off by thanking Almighty God Allah and his representative among us today, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his National Assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad for allowing me the distinct honor and privilege of humbly standing before you all this morning and sharing with you all some of the life-giving teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Brothers and sisters, we are living in a very dark hour and we live in a world that was created on the basis of lies, deceit, falsehood and wickedness. 
Satan has deceived not some of the world, but Satan has deceived the whole world. And as a result of being deceived, we have followed after the ways of Satan, thinking that this is how life is supposed to be lived. That is how successful he has been in deceiving the masses of the people. And over time, he has turned us ultimately into himself. When we are given instructions from Almighty God, Allah, we are obligated to obey those instructions. And it is most critical to obey Allah and his messenger in this day because it is a matter of life and death. In the Bible, there's a story that gives us a clear picture of what it looks like for Satan to come behind the working of Allah and his instruction to take the believer off of the straight path of God. He is fashioned in the Bible as a serpent. What is a serpent representative of? Obviously, we know that a serpent is a snake, but when in reference to a human being, it means, quote, willy, sly, treacherous, or malicious person, especially one who exploits a position of trust in order to betray it. In the book of Genesis, Allah gives Adam and Eve, his wife, a clear instruction, quote, and the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Now, brothers and sisters, a serpent or a person with malicious intent is not going to come to you when the truth teller is present. Those of us or those of them that seek to deceive us will wait till that truth teller is no longer on the scene. And then the serpent comes and sneaks in to do a work. Allah warns us in the 114th chapter of the Holy Quran, Al-Nas, or the men, to seek refuge in him. It says, say, I seek refuge in the Lord of men, the King of men, the God of men, from the evil whisperings of the slinking devil who whispers into the hearts of men from among the jinn and the men. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that this is telling us that we are seeking refuge from the Satan that is on the outside, but we are also seeking refu refuge from that which is within ourselves that will make us susceptible to the lies of Satan. End quote. In the book of Genesis, Satan goes behind the command of God and makes an interpretation of his command, which will make it easier for Adam and Eve to, um, to disobey the commands of their lords. Pardon me. Satan says, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes will be open, and ye shall be as God, knowing good and evil. As Satan skillfully deceives Adam and Eve, he convinces them to commit the greatest sin known to man, which is dis disobey the commands of Allah. As I close, the eternal leader of the nation of Islam, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, talked about the nature of the serpent and his or her aim. Quote, in spiritual dealings, there again you will find them, like a snake, serpent, following on the heels of the truth bearers, prophets and messengers of God, to bite the believers with false teachings and fear in order that they may cause them to fall off their mount of truth. Like a snake, serpent, parks in and on the pathway of all the so-called Negroes who seek the way to freedom, truth, justice, and equality, Allah and the true religion, Islam. In many instances, he threatens you with imprisonment, the loss of your jobs, hunger, lack of shelter, and disrespect of human rights. On some occasions, they threaten to take away your very life by speaking evil of the truth. They cause, you to, they, cause, they cause fear to enter the hearts of the weak believers, and they fall off the mount of truth of God, which would have saved them from that very fear, harm, 
hunger, and lack of shelter. As he caused the fall of Adam and his wife from the paradise or the garden of paradise. So they are trying to cause the fall of you and me and prevent us from entering paradise by not believing in Allah and his religion, Islam. End quote. Brothers and sisters, though we live in an hour in a dark world filled with darkness, lies, deceit, and evil, we can raise our heads high and smile, knowing that we are not living in a time of a God to come sometime down in the line of time, but we are living in the presence and manifestation of God in the world today. All praise is due to Allah. We are living in a time of Allah, God, and his very presence and light is so bright that it will destroy the wicked upon his coming. As it is written in the book of Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 8, And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy the wicked with the brightness of his coming. Let us thank Allah for coming and bestowing his light, love, power, and wisdom on us in the person of Master Far Muhammad. All praises due to Allah. I would like to leave you all as I came with the greeting words of peace and of paradise. Assalamu alaikum. Please help me bring to the rostrum student minister, Abel Muhammad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. En el nombre de Allah, el benefico, el misericordioso. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you, brothers and sisters, and those who may be watching from wherever you are watching this morning in the greeting words of peace, which we say in the language of Arabic. Assalamu alaikum. What a blessing it is to be alive and in Mas Mariam this Sunday. And as Brother Jair just said, it's a blessing to come out of a world of lies into a place where we will speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad writes in Message to the Black Man in America that we should know the time we are living in and know that we are engaged in a conflict, in a war between truth and falsehood, and that without the knowledge of the time that we are living in, we would still lose. The Holy Quran tells us in the 103rd chapter entitled Al-Asr, which is translated as the time, by the time, surely man is in loss. And we can see that the world is lost. Those in leadership are unclear on what to do, guessing and lying to the people on what should be done. Confused leadership, misguiding and further confusing a people who are longing for answers and looking for right guidance that we might save and bring more life and a furtherance of our life in this time of a world pandemic. While the rulers of this world try to force a vaccine upon us, God gives us guidance on how to improve our health by giving to us guidance on how to eat to live. So that not only are we aware of the things going on around us, but we're getting direct from the creator of life how to sustain the life and increase the life that he has given to us. 
So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has presented to us two books, How to Eat to Live, Volume 1 and Volume 2, that all of us should own and read from. Each article of the Final Call newspaper also contains within it an excerpt from these writings. And the newest edition of the Final Call has an excerpt from How to Eat to Live, Volume 2, in a section entitled Abundancy of Life, where the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says that the main root of this book is to stop you from eating two or three times a day, which will prolong your life. Well, there's so much death, so much disaster going on around us. I don't know about you, but I want to prolong my life. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad continues in here saying that just a simple food will keep you and me living a long time. If that simple food is good and we eat it only once a day, only once every 24 hours. Some may hear that and instantly think, I don't know about that. I would have to give up breakfast, I would have to give up snack, I would have to give up lunch, I would have to give up second snack, I would have to give up dinner, and then I may have to give up late night snack. Well, if we want to prolong life, that is exactly what Allah is telling us through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad writes, some weak people think that they cannot eat once every 24 hours. But your stomach looks to our brain, but our stomach looks to our brain for guidance and looks to our brain to be the boss of what it should take in. The stomach does not think for itself. The brain thinks for the stomach. Allah has given to us and has taught that way of life that is good for us. We can accept it or we can reject it. Brothers and sisters, in a time of confusion, in a time of a world pestilence, in a time where the leadership of this world does not know what a male is and what a female is, what up is and what down is, what right is and where wrong is, you and I are in the right house this morning that we can have clear guidance, divine guidance. Truth that you and I cannot only trust in but truth that you can believe in and be sure of because it has been proven and you and I are ready to receive more of that this morning are you ready for that kind of truth that will awaken you and I and enliven you and I well to take us further into the program this morning please welcome to the rostrum student minister Shahid Muhammad In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Most Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. I greet you all with the greeting words of peace of Assalamu alaikum. How's everyone feeling? How's everyone thinking? Praise be to Allah. We want to welcome each and every one of you to this beautiful house, Mas Mariam, the spiritual center for the re-education and retraining of the black man and woman here in the world of North America and all over the planet Earth, and for the entire Aboriginal family of the globe. We can clearly see that we are living in a critical time as Brother Daniel, I mean Brother Abel and Brother 
Jair mentioned, <laughs> we are living in a time where people are in dire need of re-education and retraining. We are witnessing a society, a nation, a world that is decadent, moral, and spiritually bankrupt. With all the chaos, confusion, violence, crime, degradation, devastation, and savagery, we may ask the question, what time is it? And if su habla espanol, you may say, que hora es? We are taught by Minister Farrakhan to consider the time. He also teaches us that time dictates the agenda. The knowledge of the time we are living in, if we don't know that knowledge, we will fall victim to the wiles of Satan. In that monumental, powerful book, Message to the Black Man, on page five, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says this, my people, if you only knew the time in presence of your God, Allah, there should be no fear for you nor grief. Then he says on page 176 of the same book, without the knowledge of the time, you are still the loser. Then our beloved Minister Farrakhan in that powerful 58 part series titled The Time and What Must Be Done on, on part 25, 24, listen to what he says. Time is the yardstick of the measurement of our actions. And if our actions are not in accord with the time, then we will suffer loss. So it is proper, it is right, it is meet, it is just that the knowledge of the time be given to the whole human family, end quote. The question is, who will give us such knowledge of the time? Who will give that knowledge to the human family? Who has such knowledge? What spiritual exegesis can we study, investigate, and learn from that has this knowledge, this divine revelation of the time? Can we go to a political pundit or a pseudo-sociologist to get the knowledge of the time? Can we go to a so-called scholar or an educator trained in Satan's educational system to get such knowledge? I don't think so. Can we go to such, can we, can we get such knowledge from the institutions of this world? Family, I'm here to tell you, there's only one compilation and composition of knowledge. There's only one spiritual dissertation and exposition that will give you and I the supreme and divine knowledge of the time and what must be done. And that is none other than the most powerful, thought-provoking, spiritually uplifting, life-giving, and life-transforming teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Praise be to Allah. And these are the teachings that are perfectly and magnificently represented and elucidated by his supreme master student and representative, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Only in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad do you get subjects like the theology of time, the origin of time, and the time and what must be done. The masses are making fatal decisions because they do not know what time it is. Black people in particular are making catastrophic decisions because we don't know what time it is. 
We have leaders that are stuck in a time warp, still thinking it's time to vote, still thinking it's time to march, time to beg, time to buck dance, time to get vaccinated, time to continue to love and obey our open enemies. Praise be to Allah. You don't have any leader of any persuasion, organization, or background anywhere on the entire planet Earth that is presenting or teaching the knowledge of the time and what must be done except the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Today, we are going to be blessed to hear from one of his students who has worked hard to carefully design and prepare a powerful message on the subject of the time. Coming to the rostrum today to deliver this life-giving and life-saving message of salvation, we have a young, dynamic, spiritually gifted student minister, one that has been diligently holding down the post of assistant minister to the student minister Ishmael Muhammad for the last few years. I'm speaking of a hardworking, dedicated, committed helper in the cause of truth in a resurrection mission. He is an accomplished fourth degree black belt in the martial arts, an entrepreneur, owner, and operator of a highly successful martial arts schools. His students travel from tournament to tournament, snatching first place trophies wherever they go. He is a masterful player and coach of the game of chess. Under his tutelage and guidance, he has made many rising chess stars and chess masters. He is a father, a teacher, a mentor, a motivator, and a role model for many youth and men of all ages. He and his wife are one of Muhammad University of Islam's top-notch and top-flight parents. All of their children are academic giants and rooted in Islam. Let us open our hearts at this time, our minds, our ears, to receive our brother, our friend, a soldier on the battlefield for freedom, justice, and equality, a rising star in the student ministry class here at Moss Marion. Please receive our dear brother, student minister, Daniel Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, we thank Allah for all of his prophets and messengers and the scriptures that they brought from Moses and the Torah, Jesus and the Injil or the Gospel, Prophet Muhammad and the Holy Quran. Peace be upon these worthy servants of Allah. We also thank him for intervening in our affairs in the person of Master W. Fard Muhammad. And we are forever grateful for his coming among us and taking the Honorable Elijah Muhammad out of the mud of civilization and raising him with supreme wisdom 
into his exalted position. And we thank the two of them for giving to us this beautiful human being. He is a divine teacher, a divine leader, a divine guide, and a warner to the governments of the world and to the people as a whole, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. It is in their names that we greet you in the greeting words of peace. We say it in our original tongue of Arabic, the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum. Brothers and sisters, I am humbled and thankful for this opportunity to share with you the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I want to thank the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his minister here at Mas Maryam, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, for the privilege of being able to speak to the chosen people of God this morning. Our subject matter is the time and the generation of the Messiah. Everything in creation is the manifestation of the will of God. All of creation expresses the attributes or characteristics of this mighty being, the originator of the heavens and the earth. It is the will of God that has been active for over eons of time that is bringing into existence a perfect world. However, the earth is not yet perfect. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in a lecture called The Time and What Must Be Done, in part 27, he said, quote, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that nothing in the universe is perfectly round. All of the planets are oblong. All of the stars are oblong. There is no perfectly round fruit, nor are there any heads of a human being that are round. Our heads are shaped like the earth, egg-shaped, oblong. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that this is a sign that what the originator brought into existence at the beginning of creation is not yet perfect, but it is his will and his desire that, will, that it will eventually be perfected. So one of the attributes of Allah is Rabbil Alameen, which means one who nurtures a thing stage after stage until it reaches its eventual perfection. So in the book, The Restrictive Law of Islam, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, Allah is he who originates the creation. And after he originates the creation, he nurtures the creation and makes it evolve, attaining stage after stage until it reaches its eventual perfection. So we have the active will of God over eons of time going to work to perfect his creation. But you cannot have a perfected world until you have a perfected human being. This is why the scriptures and the prophecies, they direct our attention to a magnificent and a marvelous human being that would be made by God that comes under the title of the Messiah. When this Messiah comes into the world, there will be so much anticipation because his presence is the fulfillment and the embodiment of the will of God that started eons of time ago. And his presence is the fulfillment of the prayers of our ancestors that wanted to see a better world. So we are given this scripture where the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7, For unto us 
a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So this human being that is born, he is born out of the longing of the people for a change. He is born from a particular generation, but his presence in the world puts a stamp and a mark on all of the generations that comes after him. He begins to affect the people by sharing with the people the word of God. And what is interesting, brothers and sisters, is that the people are already predisposed to him because the word has already gone forth for many generations. And the prophets of the scriptures throughout the Bible and the Holy Quran all prophesy about this important human being being born into the world. So there is a special generation that comes forth during the time of the presence of the Messiah and this generation is born to be his helpers in the establishment of a government of peace. So now, how did this special generation come into existence? During the time of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's presence among us, he delivered the word of God. Many people accepted what he said, and many did not understand what he said, but they did not argue nor refute with the truth that he spoke. So he taught during the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. And that word was heard in the ear of the listener. And as they ingested that word, it began to reshape and reform their mind and it began to alter their way of thinking. Then comes the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan who is a man that has been teaching and working on our behalf for over 60 years and for 43 plus years absent his teacher. So he was teaching in the 60s and in the 70s, throughout the 80s and the 90s, into the 2000s, all the way up until today. So how many people, how many generations has he impacted by carrying these teachings all throughout the earth? And what is amazing is that while he is teaching over these long decades and this long time period, he is still effective and relevant throughout the entire time span. Show me someone that was popular in the 60s that is still relevant today. You can use a musician, an orator, or whoever you want. Generally, we see these people for a few years, they have a little buzz. And then after the buzz, what used to be profound and prolific turns into rambling and gibberish. And this is prophesied of in the Holy Quran, in Surah 3, verses 46, talking about the Messiah. It says, he will speak to the people when in the cradle, meaning in his younger years, and when of old age. And it says that he will be of the good ones. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been blessed by Almighty God Allah, to have substance, depth, and wisdom. And with each new generation, his message is still relevant and pertinent to what the people are dealing with and to what the masses of the people are facing. When we read about this messianic figure, 
throughout the scriptures. It also talks about how he would speak to the multitudes. Did you know, brothers and sisters, that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan spoke to 20,000 people when he was in New York at Madison Square Garden? Did you know that he spoke to 16 to 20,000 people when he was in Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Sports Arena? Did you know that he spoke to 10,000 people in Houston, Texas, with another four to 5,000 people on the outside looking to get in? And of course, did you know that in 1995, at the call of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, two million black men showed up to respond to the call of the servant of God. This is profound and this is in direct correlation with the scriptures. And it's even so profound that even his enemies have to make comment about how he's able to draw so many people. One of his haters, the director of the ADL, Center on Extremism, Oren Siegel, he said he cannot believe how Farrakhan can still draw thousands upon thousands of people. And it's prophesied in the scriptures that a little humble man would confound the scholars of this world. What is it that has the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan able to draw these types of crowds? And the first answer is, it is the anointing of God. In the Holy Quran, chapter 3, verse 26, listen to what it says. Say, O Allah, owner of the kingdom, thou givest the kingdom to whom thou pleasest, and takest away the kingdom from whom thou pleasest. And thou exaltest whom thou pleasest, and abasest whom thou pleasest. In thine hand is the good. Surely thou art possessor of power over all things. He then says that in another part of the Holy Quran, it says, surely in 2 verse 247, Allah has chosen him above you and has increased him abundantly in knowledge and physique. And Allah grants his kingdom to whom he pleases and Allah is ample giving knowing. When you have the anointing of Allah, there is no power in the heavens above nor in the earth beneath that can remove the favor of God once he has chosen you. But along with this anointing of God comes the courage of God. If you are not willing to stand on the truth and demonstrate courage, Allah will take his anointing from you. So if the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has had the anointing and has been able to draw cloud, crowds for over six decades of time, evidently, he is able and willing to speak truth to power. There is something about, brothers and sisters, praise be to Allah, when your big brother is the toughest thing walking around the school, then as the little brother, you walk around with that same comfort because there is no place for fear and there is no need for fear because if you know that if anything happens, your big brother has your back. So it is with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. He is not only anointed by God, but because he has been acquainted with a power that is superior to the United States government, a power that is superior to China's government, a power that is superior to Russia's government. He is able to have the strength to say what needs to be said, and he doesn't fear the censorship of anyone who has an aversion or dislike of the truth. 
So what drew the masses of the people to come out and hear him speak is that he would verbalize what others were afraid to say. And he would say what some were afraid to think. And he wouldn't just say it to get a rise out of the people, he would say it from a place of conviction and sincerity. And you know our people are some of the most people that have been conned, schemed, played on, so we know real when we hear real. Real recognize real. And since the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan not only spoke the truth, but he spoke to the dormant, subconscious feelings that all of us are going through, the pain that we have within our hearts, the things that we think about when we go outside and we don't want our teenage son to go to the local park. We don't want our teenage son or our daughter to drive around the city. He speaks to these things, but he not only lifts these things, he then gives insight and clarity into the thing. And then he closes it by giving us the answer and the solution to the problem. So the minister's success is tied into his ability to take that which is unseen, the thoughts, the feelings, the insecurities of an oppressed people, and give it expression. In the scriptures of the Bible, we are given a formula. In the book of John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then when you jump down to verse 14 in this same passage, it says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So in this scripture, we have the recipe of how this thing works. It starts with a word. And from the word, the idea is planted into the hearts and the minds of the people. And after time comes along, circumstance come along, events come along, that seed that was planted inside of the mind of the people begins to germinate. And once it germinates, there, it is only a matter of time before that word that went forth becomes flesh and dwells among the people. So if the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan taught my great-grandparents, and if he taught my grandparents, and if he taught my parents, and if he's teaching me and my generation, and he's teaching the children and the generation that's coming after, how long has the word been sent forth? How long has events and circumstances in society germinated that word that now it is the expression and the manifestation of that word to bring about something very special? On Twitter, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that every prayer that we pray is answered through the womb of a woman. This tweet is powerful because it challenges our spooky belief. Most of us, when we want something to happen or we want something to come into existence, we worship a mystery or a spook god. So we just throw the desire out into the ethers. We throw it out into the atmosphere and we do nothing to bring it about into existence. So this tweet debunks that mystery God, that spook God, because there is nothing that is going to happen for our people by magic, by luck, or by happenstance. The answers to our prayers will come through the womb of a woman. The cure for cancer will come through the womb of a woman. Whatever it is that we long for and desire to come into existence, guess what? It will come through the womb of a woman. And this is why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is the greatest of teachers when it comes to realizing the divine value 
of the female. Praise be to Allah. This woman is so special because she has the ability to make a generation of gods or to make a generation of other than gods or demons or devils. But let's take a look and start with the man. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan delivered a lecture entitled How to Give Birth to a God. And in this lecture, he talked about the power of thought and its influence on a child that is being born into the world. And he said, quote, so how to produce a God has to be thought of in preconception times. Right now, before you have a baby, you must begin to prepare your mind and your body for what will ultimately become a reality in your life. As a young boy, you must begin to prepare yourself to father a powerful sperm. The sperm is not fathered by the act of sexual intercourse alone. The sperm is fathered by the thought that's present in the brain that empowers the sperm and becomes the force in the head of the sperm that will finally germinate and fertilize the egg. So as fathers, sometimes we're amazed, right? We see our children doing things that if you're a present father, you look at your son and you look at your daughter and you see them doing things that we know we didn't teach our child, but it just comes out naturally. That is because when we were conceiving that child, the thoughts that we had, the books that we read, the things that we were feeding from went directly into the genetic structure and the makeup of that child. So I'll give an example. One time I was at the dojo, as Brother Shaheed shared with you all, I, I teach and do martial arts. And I was sparring. I had some of my students sparring against each other. So my son, little Malachi, he may be about four or five years old at this time. And if you know me, you know I'm a firm believer in basics. I don't believe in teaching advanced stuff until they're developed. So this four, four slash five-year-old, he's sparring, and I'm thinking it's going to be the little cute back and forth. And then all of a sudden, my little four-year-old slash five-year-old son turns, steps off the line, throws the rear leg, and catches another four or five-year-old with a spin kick. Me and my assistant instructor, Brother Sensei Chase, we're, we were so shocked that we, we didn't even stop the fight. We were so stuck for a moment and looking at these two little human beings get it in. And it was amazing because I know for a fact I've never taught him how to do a spin kick. Are y'all following me? Where did he get it from? And I reflected one day and I said, you know what? I started my business nearly eight years ago. He's now seven. So I was in the early phase of my martial arts journey. And I was trying to get this business to a place where it could suffice and be sufficient for itself and exist. So my mind was constantly on the arts, constantly on refining the curriculum, how to th do things better. And as me and my wife did what we did and we conceived a child, that thought that I had about making this business work, how to refine the martial arts, how to be more proficient, at, it went directly into the seed of my son. And now he's manifested at four or five years old doing things that I've never shown him. But the power of thought has that type of, have that type of consequence on our seeds. Same thing with my oldest son. His timing is impeccable. His timing is better than mine. And I look at him sometimes and say, wow, this little boy is really phenomenal. But where did that come from? I showed him a little something, but some of that has nothing to do with Brother Daniel. Some of that is all to do with how Allah has constituted this beautiful woman 
and how she is able to bring forth life from her womb. So if the man has that ability to inject that idea and that thought into that seed, then what ability does the woman have? In that same lecture, How to Give Birth to a God, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said about the woman, he said, the woman has the ability, an impressive ability. She has the ability to impress on the mind like the mind is a blank piece of paper. She can write on the brain while the brain is forming. Later in that same talk, he said, a woman can't impress her inner desires on the child that is to be. Just like you can kill them, sister, and make them of the smoke that you inhale, of the foods that you eat, you can also make them with the thoughts that you think. Thought is powerful. Thought oscillates and moves, and it can be measured. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that the average speed of thought is 24 billion miles per second. What do you know of that can move at that rate of speed? If you can't think of anything, then that means that thought is more powerful than anything else that we know of in existence. So if daddy has a way of thinking, and mommy has a way of thinking, and they both are great, I'm sorry, and they both are beat down and tired of the oppression and the injustices that we as black people and the original people of the planet Earth are facing, then what thoughts are being emitted from daddy? What thoughts are being emitted from mama that is being written on the mind of this current generation? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that we are living in the time when dissatisfaction is 100% throughout the world of man and mankind. That's from the book, The Fall of America, on page 101. So he teaches us that 100% dissatisfaction brings about 100% change. And due to this level of dissatisfaction, and due to the thoughts of a people who are the most dissatisfied, you and I, we have a generation of youth that is born and bred on a genetic level to bring about a change and to bring about a brand new world. Now this special time period of this special and particular generation, it was seen and prophesied in the scriptures that it will come. Look at this verse from the book of Genesis, chapter 15, verses 13 through 15. It says, and he said unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, thou shalt be buried in a good old age. There is no group of people, brothers and sisters, that fits this description of being in bondage, of being in a land that is not their own, of being enslaved and beach, beaten and tormented for over 400 years than the black man and the black woman here in the hills of North America. So this scripture is talking about us. And in the very next book of the Bible called Exodus, we are given the prophecy that talks about a chosen group of people 
who would birth forth a generation that would be the answer to the prayers of their ancestors. The prayers of the ancestors who cried out begging Allah for a change, begging Allah to free them, begging Allah to give them a land of their own where they wouldn't have to experience police brutality, where they wouldn't have to experience institutional racism, where they wouldn't have to experience corruption and wickedness on the highest of levels, where they wouldn't have to experience our women being raped, mutilated, and tortured. Now what is important for us to know and understand is that the same way that we as the righteous can go into the scriptures and understand what is happening right now, 2021, and we can see what we should be expecting to come as well. Just like we have that ability, the enemy of God also has that ability. If you look at the accounts in the Bible and Holy Quran, Lucifer or Satan or Shaitan is never an ignorant person. His intelligence is what stimulated his disobedience to Allah when God asked him to bow to Adam when he brought forth Adam into existence. Look at the response that Satan gave. Or look at, better yet, let's go to the Holy Quran, chapter 7, verse 12 and 13. After Allah asked Satan to bow, Satan refused. And then Allah says, what hindered thee that thou didst not submit when I commanded thee? And Satan said, I am better than he. Thou hast created me of fire, while him you've created of dust. So then Allah responds and says, get forth from this state, for it is not for thee to behave proudly therein. Go forth, therefore surely thou art of the abject ones. When someone is proud, it usually comes from a place of thinking you are superior to or better than. So if Satan is refusing to bow, telling Allah that he won't because he is better than him or he is more thorough than him, then we should never make the mistake of thinking that the enemy is a fool. They are wickedly wise and they are upset that God has chosen a different people. And they do not consider that different people worthy of God's choice, but God's choice is God's choice. So when we read the scriptures, we can see this narrative being played out of the righteous being chosen and Satan and his demons coming against that righteous group of people. So in the story of King Herod and baby Jesus, in the book of Matthew chapter 2 verse 16, it says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceedingly wroth or angry, and he sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise man. So in this narrative, King Herod is so upset that he's trying to prevent Jesus from being born into the world. So he doesn't just try to find this Jesus after he realizes that he can't just discover him. He now has to launch an assault on the entire generation that comes along with Jesus. The same thing happened in the book of Exodus with Pharaoh. In Exodus chapter 1, verse 9 through 10, Pharaoh, it says, And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Then he gives the conspiracy. Listen to it. He said, Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. 
And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they also join unto their enemies, unto our enemies, and fight against us. And so get them up out of the land. Notice in that dialogue of this Pharaoh, he specifically says, lest they multiply, which means that they are concerned about the increasing population of this chosen group of people. So in both accounts, King Herod and Pharaoh, they both missed their attempt to destroy the Messiah. So now out of their frustration, they aimed their death plots and their depopulation policies at the masses of the people as a whole. Why are they so anxious and cutthroat? Because they know that the Messiah's presence in the world represents the end of their world and the end of their time to rule. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about something called the counterintelligence program of the FBI. And just so we're clear, because we don't want to hold no punches this morning, the United States government of America is the modern day King Herod and the modern day Pharaoh. And this country, America, is the modern day Rome and the modern day Babylon. So in the 50s and 60s, 60s, the FBI launched something called the, the counterintelligence program of the FBI. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, in modern Rome, the counterintelligence program of the United States government under J. Edgar Hoover has always feared that somebody would rise from among us and unify black people. And when we say black, we're talking about the original family all over the planet Earth. And should they go to war with a foreign government, we might join onto that foreign government and come against them. This also happened in the time of Jesus, the prophet, and Herod, the king, who wanted to kill all boy babies to prevent the Messiah from coming into the world. So today, there is a plot against the black male. It's real, brothers and sisters. And then the minister goes on to share with us the actual transcripts of the counterintelligence program, that if you do a little bit of research, you can go verify all of this for yourself to see if we're lying to you. But J. Edgar Hoover, who was the director of the FBI, he said, prevent the rise of a messiah, pause. The first question we should have is, why is a law enforcement entity using the language of spiritual terms? Messiah is a spiritual term. Law enforcement uses convict, perpetrator, victim. There's a language that law enforcement should use. So why are they using the term, spiritual term, Messiah, unless there's something that they're, they're aware of or something that they know about that they are not telling to the masses of the people? So he said, prevent the rise of a Messiah who could unify and electrify the militant black nationalist movement. Malcolm X might have been such a messiah, and he is the martyr of the movement today. Martin Luther King, Stokely Carmichael, and Elijah Muhammad all aspire to this position. He then discredits the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He says Elijah Muhammad is less of a threat because of his age. King could be a very real contender from this position should he abandon his supposed obedience to white liberal doctrines or nonviolence and embrace black nationalism. 
Carmichael has the necessary charisma to be a real threat in this way. Fact check it. Go verify if this memo was released because it is available to us through the Freedom of Information Act. But this is their aim, to stop the rise of a black messiah. Well, before I go any further, we want to say to them that they missed. They discredited the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who is the Messiah, and they discredited his chief helper, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is the modern-day Messiah in our midst. Now, in the 50s and 60s, the counterintelligence program was at work, and in the 1970s, it comes from a place of a FBI directive, a FBI memo, memo, and it turns into a national policy of the United States of America. Policy, meaning that it is legislation. It is expected to be carried out. So there is something that you can also fact check and go look up. It is called the National Security Study Memorandum 200. And it was prepared by Henry Kissinger, a devil, under the time of President Nixon, but it was approved and made United States policy during the presidency of Gerald Ford in November of 1975. And check out this United States National Security Study Memorandum 200. I want, to pay, I want us to pay attention to the departments that this depopulation policy was sent to. And the first department was the Secretary of Defense. If you're talking about a, pop, a policy that is about depopulation, then I, it makes sense. Secretary of Defense. But then look at the very next line. It says the Secretary of Agriculture. Why are you sending a policy of depopulation to the secretary that is responsible for the food that comes to us here in America? This conspiracy is so deep, brothers and sisters, that we really need to be raised in consciousness so that we can realize that we are actually in a state of war without even knowing that we're in a state of war. So when we look at things like this vaccine, for example, which is supposed to be safe and effective, The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said in July of 2020, July 4th of last year, he delivered a lecture called The Criterion. And in this lecture, The Criterion, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan was speaking to this policy. He said, quote, it's government policy to reduce the population of the earth by two to three billion people. You know that, right? If you don't know it, I've been telling you about it. And they are using methods that Zbigniew Brzezinski mentioned. When he said, this is Zbigniew Brzezinski's quote, it's easier to kill a million people than it is to control a million people. Zbigniew was not playing. It is easier to kill a million because they are killing millions as we speak. We will not accept your vaccine. I'm going to say that one more time. We will not accept your vaccine. He then says in that same lecture, he says, they are making money now. 
plotting to give 7,500,000,000 people a vaccination. Dr. Fauci, Bill Gates and Melinda, you want to depopulate the earth. What the hell gives you that right? Who are you to sit down with your billions and talk about who can live and who should die? That's why your world is coming to an end quickly because you have sentenced billions to death, but God is now sentencing you to the death that you are sentencing to others. Yes, Allah is great. All praise is due to Allah. And we don't want you to think that this is something new because he said it on July 4th of 2020. The minister has been saying this for decades. His teacher has said this for decades. So look at this quote. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said in the Muhammad Speaks newspaper, 1969, he said the enemies of Allah are working to reduce the population of the planet Earth by means of poisoning the human beings and by setting up birth control laws under very wicked devices in order to rid the earth of people according to their idea of controlling the increase of the races and nations of the earth. This is a wicked thing. Now look at this, I wanna ask the question. When the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said this in 1969, how many people heard this man speak and ridiculed him saying he was a conspiracy theorist or he didn't know what he was talking about? But if he wrote this in the Muhammad Speaks in 1969, but in 1975, we have the National Security Study Memorandum of Henry Kissinger, then evidently the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was telling us about something that wasn't yet policy, but it was being utilized only to become policy four to five years later. And that is why divine guidance is so special and so precious. Because when you have divine guidance, you get the scoop before everybody else gets the scoop. You know what to say no to before everybody else knows what to say no to. So this is what we want you to understand, brothers and sisters. The warning and the teaching has gone out for many decades. So this generation of the Messiah is predisposed for this. As I talk to young people in the community and out in the streets, about 90 plus percent of them tell me they want nothing to do with this vaccine. They may not be able to express it in eloquent terms. They may not be able to break down the technology and this and that. But at the end of the day, there's something in their genetic structure that tells them that something is wrong. Something is not right. And they are following the guidance of the Messiah, even if they are not even familiar with who the Messiah is. This shows us that they are predisposed, genetically structured for the Messiah. If you look at the word generation, because we're talking about the generation of the Messiah, in the word generation is the word generator. A generator is a machine that operates from energy, and in particular, it gives electrical energy. Look at this human body that we have. It operates from electricity. The mind is a conglomerate of electrical signals. But in that same word generation, generator, you also get the word gene. And gene is the basic physical unit of heredity, a linear sequence of nucleotides along a segment of DNA. I know it's very scientific, bear with me. 
that provides the coded instructions for synthesis of RNA, which when translated into protein leads to the expression of hereditary character. So whether they aim to attack us on a genetic and cellular level, their job is to disrupt our natural affinity and to come in between that natural connection that we have to the Messiah. So we don't have time to go into it today because that's not our subject matter, but you do know that this vaccine is not a normal vaccine. Look up what they call this vaccine. It is called mRNA technology, which means that it does something to the genetic structure of the human being. What is it that you're looking to come in between this current generation who is destined for greatness, who is born for the Messiah? What are you gonna put in them that will disconnect them from the Messiah? We also know that after John Kennedy Jr. came to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, a white man from the Kennedy family, the former president of the United States, he came and said, no black leader is willing to take up this charge. So he came to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan out of desperation. And he says to the minister, there is a vaccine called the MMR vaccine, measles, mumps, and rubella. And there is a doctor who worked for the CDC named Dr. William Thompson. And Dr. William Thompson came out and said, hey, listen, I know we did something wrong. We were inside of the CDC and we had these documents that said that if we give this shot to black children, to black babies, to black boys in specific, that it caused a 256% increased rate of autism. And he came out and said, we have this doc these documents but the CDC caused us to destroy these documents. They made us burn these documents. Are y'all listening? And if it increases the rate of autism by 256% in black boys, is that another attempt to destroy the genetic makeup and structure of another generation of black youth so that they will not heed to the call of the Messiah? But yet, Dr. William Thompson, who worked for the CDC, can come out and say, X, Y, and Z is happening at the CDC, but now they want us to trust the CDC when they tell us that this current vaccine is safe and effective. Stop it. I'd rather listen to the voice of divine guidance that told us to stay away from these vaccines. All praise is due to Allah. But there is also a responsibility on us, brothers and sisters, because even down to the smoking, the drinking, and the pill popping that many of us are involved in, all of this is designed to alter our genetics and inhibit our ability to think clearly. And if the, the, the enemy cannot get in between your genetic makeup, which means you are predisposed to the Messiah, then their other attempt is to make you unfit for the Messiah, so that when you come to him, he has to reject you because you've been popping pills so long that now your brain is fried. You can't survive, you can't exist, you can't go a day without popping a pill. Brothers and sisters, watch your children. I began working in schools this year and I am finding out every single day of how successful this enemy is in getting our youth to get involved with popping pills. When we see them wilding out, when we see them losing their mind, when we see them quick to pull a trigger on somebody, when we see them quick to 
haul off and slap somebody. That is not by happenstance. That is the design of a wickedly wise enemy who has come in between the Messiah and the parents and injected a different instruction into that generation of youth. So now they want to make us unfit for the Messiah. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad said in Message to the Black Man, page 126, he said their greatest desire is to make the, the righteous disobey the law of righteousness. See, if he can't get us on a genetic level through the poisoning of foods and drinks and through deadly shots, then he wants God to reject us and make us unfit. So the enemy is waging a full-scale assault on each and every one of us. And this, brothers and sisters, although scary, it is also a sign that the Messiah is present in the world today. Because as we are sharing some of these depopulation policies and agendas, many of you are already familiar with it. This conversation I've heard being had in barbershops. This conversation I've heard being had in cafes, in Starbucks across our country. This conversation that used to be far-fetched and conspiracy theories is now being had on a local level. And you would be surprised how many young people come to me daily. Mr. Muhammad, you deep, man. Did you hear about the... And they're telling me things that sometimes I have to go back and research. Like, whoa, what is that? Because this is the time of the Messiah. The job of the Messiah, brothers and sisters, is to uncover and unmask Satan. We're almost finished. So in the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, look at what it says. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So we can just look around today and we can see the world coming to a close. We see the confusion of leadership and how in the highest states of government, the mask of civilization is being pulled off of them, like the minister said, like an onion. So now we see them calling each other's names. We see them attacking character. We see them going into the inner parts of each other's life and pulling up as much dirt as they can. This is a sign that their world has come to an end. Look at the educational institutions. How many of our babies are no longer interested in learning? How many schools are being shut down? How many of our youth don't see the need to even go, to even attend, to even learn? Their educational systems are tumbling and crumbling and falling down. Look at what they are saying about the West Coast of how the supply uh, chain is being gridlocked and how now to get things that would have taken a couple of days is now taking several months. These are all signs in the atmosphere that the wise are looking at and saying, hey, this thing is coming to a close. Why is it coming to a close? Because the Messiah is in the world. Why is it coming to a close? Because there is a generation that is predisposed and born for the Messiah. And the moment that they tap into their destiny and accept their fate, the, the world will be changed overnight. So to my generation of the Messiah, there is an obligation and a responsibility that is on each and every one of us. In science, we are taught about two types of energies. There is one that is called potential energy, and then there is one that is called kinetic energy. Potential energy is when an object is capable, it has potential, but it's stationary, it's not doing nothing. 
It is sitting and not being used and not reaching its full capabilities. But then you have kinetic energy. And kinetic energy is when the object has been acted upon and when movement starts and when it begins to do something, they then call that kinetic energy. As a people, we have been potential energy for far too long. We have had the right stuff. We have had the right teachings. We are capable, but it has been sitting up inside of us waiting to be used and we haven't acted upon it. And this is why in the scripture, when you read that same book of Exodus, God allowed the children of Israel to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Why did they wander in the wilderness? Because they would not tap into the kinetic energy. Why? Due to their fear. So in the scriptures, it said that when the children of Israel went out to scout the promised land, they came back and told the leadership and said, it's giants in the land. So then they asked God to remove the giants from the land. And right there is where the problem lies. We want somebody else to do for us what we have the ability to do for ourselves. But at the core of it, brothers and sisters, it is really fear. The former generations experienced firsthand the horrendous atrocities of slavery. They experienced firsthand the segregation and separate toilets and separate hotels coming through the back door to get your food. So they still had those experiences within them that caused them to have fear and fear restricts and it takes that potential energy and makes it to stay dormant. But now we have a generation that many of our elders would say is an ignorant generation. But in the Holy Quran, it says that they planned, but Allah plans. And Allah is indeed the best of planners. So the enemy wanted us to be ignorant for his purposes, to use us as a tool and a slave. But Allah used his same agenda of keeping the people ignorant and used it to his advantage. So this generation is detached and they're ignorant of all of the experiences that we went through from lynchings and all of these other things. So they can't even relate half the time when you give a history lesson. But at the same time, since they cannot relate to those experiences, there is no fear in their blood. So when it comes time to act, and when it comes time to turn that potential energy into kinetic energy, there is nothing that is stopping them. So the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said that this is a fearless generation. So this prophesied Joshua and Caleb generation they are now looking to remove the giants out of the land themselves, meaning they will move forward and carry out the program and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad without fear of consequence. We must understand as I close, there is no freedom without sacrifice. There is no freedom without the loss of blood. There is no freedom without the loss of life. There is no smooth ride to freedom justice and equality. Look at how each of us came into the world. Both the baby and the mother endured extreme pain and suffering. They were both frowning in agony as the mother feels the pain of death. And the baby comes out bruised and discolored 
because it's experiencing pain and it's also struggling to come forth into existence. Not to mention the passing of blood, which means that before that baby could come to freedom, there had to be bloodshed. So all of this new life goes through this just in order to be free. Why do we think that this is not necessary if we plan to establish a brand new world? So although Caleb and Joshua were unafraid, their fearlessness was not enough. They had to cross the River Jordan. They had to march seven times around the city and blow the trumpet. This is all in the scriptures. So that the walls would come down. So with our fearlessness, we still have to exercise our faith. So in the book of James chapter 2 verse 17, it says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, it is dead. Meaning that faith without works is dead. So we not only have to answer the call of the Messiah, we not only have to understand that we are the generation of the Messiah, but there is also a responsibility on us to accept that mission and move forward to carry our people into a new reality based in freedom, justice, and equality. All praise is due to Allah. But in order to fulfill this prophecy and not get snared by the enemy, we are in need of a leader and an example. This man named Joshua is the prototype of the Christ, the Messiah, because it is Joshua's job to uncover Satan. So today, we want to offer to you an example and a leader in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who is the long-awaited Messiah that the world has been looking for. We want you to accept these teachings because these teachings will give your life aim and purpose. All praise is due to Allah. We want you to accept these teachings, brothers and sisters, because this teaching will give to your life aim and purpose. And the internal frustration that some of us are experiencing is because we don't feel like we are doing what we have been put on this earth to do. That pain and that burden will be removed once we accept our role in this great work. Brothers and sisters, I close and I thank you for your time and your attention. We greet you as we came before you in the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. Hold on one second. All praise is due to Allah. Brothers and sisters, just a moment ago, I extended to each of you an invitation to join your nation. If you are at home and you believe that what you heard today is the truth and that it is good for our people and you would like to join the nation of Islam, we want you to head on over right now to NOI.org forward slash join and complete the form. But to all of our brothers and sisters who are here at Mas Maryam, if you believe that what you heard today is the truth and that it is good for our people, may I see it by a show of hands. Can you just raise your hand and let us know that what we shared today took a little root inside of your minds and that you believe it to be the truth. Praise be to Allah. Now, if you would like to turn that potential energy into that kinetic energy and join your nation of Islam, we would like for you to stand up 
And wherever you are, stand up, brothers and sisters, and come down the center aisle. On behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the minister of this mosque, um, student minister Ishmael Muhammad, I would like to extend my hand on behalf of them and welcome you into the brotherhood and the sisterhood of the Nation of Islam, the FOI, and the mighty MGT. All praise is due to Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. For those that are watching at home, you can join and be a part of the Nation of Islam. There's a button right now on NOI.org where you can push join the Nation of Islam, fill out the information, and we will be in contact with you shortly. And those that are watching across the country and across the world, let us give Student Minister Daniel Muhammad well-deserved round of applause. And if you're in your house by yourself, thumbs up, pause. We thank Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan raising young men, raising young women to give up the way of the world and accept the way of God. For those that are here at Mas Mariam, you've raised your hand. Come on down. It's been over a year and a half that we can touch your hand. Accept your own and be yourself, black man and black woman. Accept the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and have your life transformed immediately. All praises are due to Allah. We thank Allah for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. All of our lives have been transformed listening to that wonderful and beautiful man. Brothers and sisters, those at Mas Mariam, one more time, put your hands together for student minister, Daniel Muhammad. Just a brief correction, brothers and sisters. We do not believe in making any mistakes in the nation of Islam. And if we make a mistake, we are always supposed to correct the mistake. So to be exact, the person that came to inform the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan about the MMR vaccine, it was actually Robert Kennedy Jr not JFK, as I mentioned. Thank you. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes we just don't realize how blessed we are. That we see in the newspapers and everything the worst of our people. We see the worst of young people. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is offering a way that we get a chance to see the best of our young people. Put your hands together for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, those that are here and those that are at home, we know that what you heard today is good and is making a difference in your life right now. We ask that you help this ministry of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We as a people desire to be free and a nation of our own. And the only way that we can be that is when we give from our own pockets and give to help our own cause. In the Holy Quran in Surah 2, it says that those who spend their wealth by night and by day, privately and publicly, their reward it's with their Lord. Brothers and sisters, we've all been blessed. 
that everything we have, it is by the beneficence of God. The least we can do is give back to that which has given us life. We are in need of businesses, and as Brother Daniel said, we are in need of better schools. We're in need of our own restaurants, our own grocery stores. We need to buy our own farmland. We need to make our own clothes, our own shoes, our own cars. We need to do a lot, but we have money. So let us give right now what we can give to help the cause of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that we know throughout the world we can trust 100% to do good for us and to do good for all man and even mankind. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is a man of freedom, a man of justice, and a man of equality. So for all of those at Mas Marianne, one more time on behalf of Brother Ishmael Muhammad, it is so good that everyone could be back in the house. Brothers and sisters of the Nation of Islam, let us put our hands together for our guests. And as we close our program, those that were listening and watching, you saw all of the various quotes. You saw all the various scripture references. You can have those right now. You can go to NOI.org slash docs, and you can see the various resources that have been used in the weekly lectures. For the material, source material, of all of the student ministers, message to the black man, the fall of America, our savior has arrived, how to eat to live, book one, book two, study guides, and the thousands of tapes, I guess we, I'm getting old when I say tapes, thousands of messages of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. You can go to store.finalcall.com, not yet, wait till we end in prayer, and go buy them up and have them in your house for your study and pass to your children. And while you're there, you can also buy the best, most complete newspaper in the world, the Final Call newspaper. You can go outside of your house and get one from a beautiful black man or maybe even a beautiful sister. But you can also get your digital edition. You can go now to finalcalldigital.com and subscribe to the best newspaper in the world. And for those that love music and you play music all day and you got your earphones on, you get a chance to hear from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, not for a few minutes. Not for a couple of hours, but for 24 hours a day, you can hear the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, finalcallradio.com. You subscribe to it. Have your children listen to it. Have your neighbors listen to it. Have the whole neighborhood listening to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I guarantee you there will be change in the neighborhood overnight. You can see we're just so happy to see our people one more time. And after you leave here, and your one meal a day, and after that beautiful meal, get you a scrumptious bean pie. And guess what? The Nation of Islam, we deliver our supreme bean pie. You can go to www.thesupremebeanpie.com and order yours right now. Those that got their phone out, you can go ahead and do it right now. Go ahead and order a case of the supreme bean pie. We done ordered everybody else's pie. Order your own pie right now. All praises are due to Allah. And as we go through our reopening all across the world, the Nation of Islam, we have our Sunday meetings at 10 a.m., our Wednesday meetings at 7.30 p.m., and our Friday meetings at 7.30 p.m. We welcome you to all of our meetings. Some of our meetings will continue to be virtual. Most of our mosques will be opening starting next week. But we invite you to come on back home to hear the teachings of the Honorable Elijah 
Muhammad. One more time, brothers and sisters, put your hands together. As we began our meeting, giving praise to Almighty God, Allah, it is only right and fitting that we end our meeting saying thank you for what he has given to us, giving him the praise and asking for his mercy and for his protection. Would you all please stand in prayer and join me in prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful, Master of this day of judgment in which we now live. Thee alone do we worship, and thine aid do we seek. O oh, Allah, guide us on the right path the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed favors, not the path of those upon whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after hearing thy teachings. Amen. Listeners, we have been blessed by Almighty God Allah over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition 